Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. Walter Storholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, serving you throughout Arkansas and Texas. You can find us online by going to QureshiLaw.com. Hey, Carrie, how you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, glad to hear that. I'm, I'm gearing up for vacation, so I, you know I can't be but anything in a good mood. I mean, that's the only mood you can be in if you're about to go on vacation, right? I know, I know, and school's about to be out, so there's going to be a, a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of fun times coming up ahead. Hopefully, you've got good summer plans if you're listening to the show. Uh, make sure you, you make some time for a little bit of fun this summer. That's that's why we have summer, right? To go out and have some fun. Yep, exactly. Get it. We've had a lot of rain and a lot of just cold weather, so I'm definitely ready for the summer. Time for a break from all that. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great show on the way for today. We're going to talk in a few moments about, hey, since it's summer vacation, we're going to talk about planning for your summer vacation and how that might relate to retirement planning as well. There's some good parallels between the two activities. We'll talk a little bit about that. And we've got a great question from Michelle in Jonesboro to feature on today's show as well. Michelle is in love. How is that for a tease for today's show. (laughs) (laughs) So she's got a great question that we're going to talk about on today's show as well. We've got some really good advice from Carrie coming up on that particular topic as well. But before we dive into everything, Carrie, I know you wanted to start us out with a fun quote of the month, something fun to kind of get our juices flowing, our minds thinking in the right direction. What have you pulled out for us this month? Absolutely. This is one of my all-time favorite quotes, and it is, it is up to us to live up to the legacy that was left for us and to leave a legacy that is worthy of our children and of future generations. Wow, I like that a lot. That's very eloquent. That's good. It is, and it really speaks to what we're trying to do as a firm and the clients that we're trying to help and what they're trying to accomplish, because really, this is about the American dream. This is about, you know, the generation before us, our parents working hard to give, you know, their children a better life. And in turn, you know, it's our responsibility to do something with that, but also to help the next generation. I think, you know, as a parent, um, you always want to give your child a better life than what you had, even if yours was great. There's always something that you can do. And so, yeah, it really hits home to me. Yeah, great quote, and I like how it captures the both looking back and being thankful for who who has come before you, and then also turning and reaching around and helping the next person behind you to you know achieve success and plan for the future. So great quote, puts us in the right state of thinking on today's show. Well, speaking of family and generations, you know you probably have created many great memories when you went on summer vacation with your family, maybe when you were young and maybe you're making those memories now with kids and grandkids even tagging along with you at this point in your life. And if you're going to be heading out on any road trips this summer, there's probably a long checklist of items that you're going to want to make sure you haven't forgotten, especially, uh, Carrie, you told me before we started the show today, you were thinking about maybe doing some camping and those kinds of things this month. Well, for a trip like camping, you've got to have a checklist, make sure you don't leave some of the essentials behind, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a very, I'm a planner, which drives my husband crazy because I have to have everything planned out where he's kind of, you know, 
just go with the flow. But I want to make sure that we do everything that we want to do. And I want to be efficient and have time for it. So it's very important for me to work off of a checklist. Exactly. So you got to make sure you don't forget stuff. You know, you we, you really wanted to play a board game sitting around the campfire or something like that. You know, make sure you pack that thing or else you're going to get there and go, oh, we totally forgot to, to bring it along with us. Well, in estate and retirement planning, it's a lot of the same thing. You know, some of those exact same items need to be addressed. So we're going to take a look at some of the items that should appear on both your road trip checklist and also your retirement planning checklist. The first one is pretty simple, Carrie. We got to decide exactly where we want to go. Simple question, but maybe a little bit harder to answer in both situations, aren't they? Right. And I think, you know, decide where you're going is a little bit more, it applies more to the retirement planning because we're trying to figure out, not just saying, you know, I want to be retired because there's so much more to that because you have to talk about questions as far as, okay, well, how do you envision your retirement? What do you want to do with your time? Do you feel like you're going to have an active retirement or do you want to relax and see the world or maybe do a little part-time consulting? You know, where do you want to live? A lot of people change states in retirement. And so we need to put all of that together into a plan so we know how to make that happen. Yeah, it's such a, a tough situation, I think, if you kind of look at your, you know, okay, we want to go here, we want to go there, we want to go over here. Oh my gosh, how are we going to, one, have the time to do all this, and two, how are we going to afford to do all of this? When, when you decide where you want to go, that really starts dictating, you know, what's possible and, and what isn't. Right, because you have to decide, you know, how much money is that going to take? How much income am I going to have to do all of these things? And so, you know, not only are we planning on the income, but a huge part of that is planning for the tax implications of that income. And that's where I really see a lot of retirees getting caught off guard is because they're looking at, you know, their pension or usually their 401k or IRA. And they're sitting there saying, oh, I think I'll have, you know, 5000 a month to live off on but they're missing what's going to be taken away in taxes. And so they have to plan for that or otherwise it's going to be a huge wake up call and they may not get to do some of the fun things that they had always dreamed about when they were planning their retirement. Anything else when deciding where we're going to go from, uh, you know, that travel standpoint that relates to this, uh, the financial and estate world? Well, for estate planning, most people think that this would be a pretty easy question because you know everyone thinks about estate planning is is all about death. And you know, to some extent, yes it is, but it's also about planning for incapacity. And so you have to make, you know, these decisions as far as if I can't make my own financial or medical decisions for myself, who would I choose? And so there's some important aspects of deciding where you're going even within the estate planning world. Yeah, it's a great point. It's uh, a, a little bit lighter, but it's kind of like, hey, if I, um, you know, if I get sick on the trip, somebody else is going to have to, de- you know, kind of take over the navigation role, or somebody else is going to have to decide, you know, what other items we're going to do, you know, on the trip. We got to decide where we're going to go. I may not be able to do that myself because of, you know, one reason or another. I know that that was, uh, we went on a road trip recently out in Oregon and Washington, covered 
1,300 miles in just a, a week when we were driving around out there last year, you know, kind of exploring the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, I told my my wife, I, you know, being in an unfamiliar area, I'm going to be, you know, handling, you know, the driving. So, you know, you'll be responsible for picking out, you know, your role is like spontaneous stuff. So you've got to choose, like, if you see something on the side of the road, you want to go there, you just say it and we'll go. And you, you research on your phone, fun places to stop along the way and that kind of thing. And so yeah, you got to decide where you're going to go. And it's the same in estate and retirement planning. You got to make decisions for how certain things are going to play out. Yeah. And my husband, he's usually in the same boat. He's the driver. And so he's getting us to point A to point B. But I'm usually on my phone looking at, you know, where are the best restaurants or things that we need to stop at. And so that's funny that you say that because we're kind of yeah. doing the same thing. Got to have the navigator as part of the crew. And, and that really takes us to kind of the second point is you've got to determine your route when you're on your trip. I know, again, I'll, I'll use my my Pacific Northwest trip is an example, just because that's where uh, that was our last kind of true road trip. You know, we were in unfamiliar territory, so we spent a lot of time kind of deciding, well, what's the best route to take that allows us to hit the most spots? And so we kind of had a pre-mapped route, but then we we really did rely on GPS to kind of get us from those different point A's to point B. So it was kind of a, a combo way of determining our route. Right, and and we have to know. I mean, now that we know where we're going. We have to decide how to get there. And with retirement planning, there are so many different variations on how we can achieve certain goals. But we also have to look at all the different options and say, you know, based on, you know, the assets and the family goals, this is the best route, you know, in your situation. And so that really means answering a lot of different questions. And for retirement planning, you have to understand how much risk are you willing to take? Because that impacts the investments that you may choose to get the job done for you. Because if someone's not willing to take a lot of risk, if they're really, really conservative and they're scared of the markets, then they may want to have some guaranteed you know, income stream. They may want some type of annuity for a portion of it. But if another investor is more aggressive, then you know, that may not be suitable for them. And so you have to understand that, but you also have to get help and figure out, you know, who's going to coach you along the way, because not all advice is equal. So you have to determine, you know, who's going to help you. What about the estate planning side of that comparison? Well, I think it's the same for the estate plan. But in that context, the questions would really be, you know, is a will or a trust going to get the job done? Because for some people, a will, it might be okay. It might be all that they need. For most people, it's not. And so a trust is going to be a better option. And so you have to decide, you know, is it important for you to avoid the expense and the delays of probate? Do you want to give your assets to, you know, your children and your loved ones just outright and kind of wipe your hands and be done with it? Or would it make more sense to pass it down in a lifetime asset protection trust that would protect the children against future divorces and creditors and predators? So it's decisions like that that really help plan the route that is going to customize your estate and your retirement plan. Now, any road trip, as we look at this you know, comparison here, Carrie, is going to be made or broken. It's going to be a success or a failure 
depending on what you're going to listen to. It all comes down to the playlist or what's going to be on the radio or, you know, who's going to be playing what off of their phones, what what streaming app are we using? You know, all these big decisions start to get made and that can make or break, you know, all that time you're spending in the car. Absolutely. And I, and I talked about that briefly just a minute ago. But in today's world, there is so much information out there, especially when it comes to retirement and investment advice and even legal advice. And I think some people, it just it becomes analysis paralysis, right? There's so much information going on. You just don't know what to do with that. And so for a lot of people, it really helps to find, you know, that trusted advisor where they're going to get their advice from, or, you know, even talk it over with families and, you know, your friends if they have good advice to offer. When you're driving in the car with your husband, who gets control over the over the speakers? Mm, that's a good question. We actually have really similar taste in music. And so we usually don't fight over that. You know, we'll probably just listen to like our serious radio or we listen to a lot of like classic old time country. Nice. So we're, 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 we're pretty flexible. We don't fight over the radio. The TV is a totally different story. <laughs> the, uh, there you go. Yeah, it's uh, that's nice. That That's helpful sometimes when you uh, maybe match up on the uh, musical tastes and choices of what to listen to. I know sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to talk radio, and uh, I think it makes my wife want to jump out of the moving vehicle when, whenever I want to do that. So we have to compromise here and there. But she also just falls asleep about five minutes into every single trip too. So then I just take, I let her have control until she falls asleep, and then I, I take over from there. There so. you go. Yeah, you, you know how to work it, don't you? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. But you bring up some really good points though, from the financial and estate planning standpoint, where you've got all these options, right? Just like in the car, you've got the XM radio potentially, you've got AM, FM, you've got your phone, which has just you know a world of options to choose from, whether you're streaming or playing your own playlists and music that you've you know downloaded on your own, and you've got all different genres and talk, and you know it can be overwhelming trying to figure out who to listen to, but that's part of the process, figuring out, okay, let's, you know, I, we used to curate playlists for some trips, you know, maybe simpler ones where it was, okay, we got a three-hour trip to the beach, let's listen to this new CD or this new album that came out, or we're feeling this kind of mood today, and you go and you seek those things out, and you can kind of do the same thing in that financial and estate planning landscape as you try to parse through all of those different things, find voices who you trust that can help you kind of, you know, get better informed and better educated about what's going on. Right. And for some people, you know, maybe they're already working with a financial advisor for the investment advice, but then they have their CPA or accountant for the tax advice or, you know, the estate planning attorney just for the legal. And like you said, it's important to really identify which voices you're going to listen to. And, you know, first of all, you know, there are a lot of good CPAs and attorneys and advisors out there. But unfortunately, there's a lot of bad ones too. And I've experienced this in my practice numerous times. I have seen CPAs and financial advisors give my clients some really bad advice that if they would have listened to it, it would have drastically impacted their estate plan. Well, you know, just an example of this, a couple of years ago, I was meeting with my estate planning clients. We had set up a revocable living trust a few years ago, and they had two goals. They wanted to avoid probate, which is why they had the trust. And at the time, they also had kids in college. They weren't minors, but they really weren't old enough to inherit, you know, all of the assets at one time. So we had it set up to go to the children in trust. 
And we were meeting and doing a review and they told me that they had this new CPA and financial advisor and that she had recommended that the clients retitle all of their real estate as joint tenants, which joint tenants would be just in husband and wife's name. And, you know, I tried to be nice about it, but that was just one of those things where I, I told them, I said, this is terrible advice. Absolutely not. Because, you know, the CPA was telling them that for some tax planning purposes that she thought, you know, was important. But if the clients would have listened to that CPA and, and not double checked with me, they would have pulled all of those assets out of the trust and then upon their death would have triggered probate. And that was one of the main goals that we were trying to accomplish. And the biggest problem with this is the CPA for the tax planning that they were trying to get, they already had that by owning it in trust. And so it wasn't going to, you know, change anything on the way it was taxed. They already had that benefit. And so I'm just so fortunate that they knew to bring that up and to ask me about that. Because if they would have just blindly followed that advice, you know, we would have completely unraveled their estate plan. That's pretty wild. Such a simple little decision like that can undo the entire plan if you're not careful. Wow. Yep. And that, that's why it's so important to make sure that you have integrated advice, that your financial advice works with the tax advice and your overall estate plan. Yep. That's why we call it smart, simple wealth. Great stories and examples like that, Carrie. Thanks for uh, sharing that story with us. Amazing. Uh, that would be a major problem from such a simple little choice or decision. One more comparison between getting ready for that summer vacation, that summer road trip. Hopefully we're making you, you know, crave a little bit for uh, a summer trip here <laughs> on today's show. And that's to use cruise control when you can, especially if you're going to be logging a lot of miles. Give that leg a break. Use cruise control when you can. Absolutely. You know, within the financial world, you want to have some things on cruise control. I think that's one of the main reasons why people hire a financial advisor is because they don't want to be checking this stuff every single day because they want to go out and live their life. And so it's important to make sure that you have a plan and a strategy for your investments. But once you get it set up, have the confidence to know that you're headed in the right direction and you're making the best decisions about your money so that you can think about other things. And so it's really nice to have a little bit of that comfort in just knowing that, you know, we're going to check in from time to time and make sure we're still headed the right direction. Important to have that cruise control element in your financial plan, certainly. Can you also find some examples of that in the estate planning side of things? Or It seems like sometimes the estate planning world requires a little bit more, you know, hands-on and that kind of thing. But, but what about cruise control there? Right. Well, I think it's the same thing for estate planning. You really you do a lot of your heavy lifting when you initially create the plan. But a lot of people, they don't even put it on cruise control. They just put it up on, you know, completely <laughs> stop the car. And then that's a problem. And so the estate planning, it really needs to be reviewed and updated at least every three years. We want to make sure, you know, if you have a significant life change or if tax laws change or we have a new estate planning strategies to take available. We want to make sure that your plan is updated. And so that's why we kind of say that every three year, you know, rule is, is really good to check in. And then you also need to make sure that your assets are getting updated. So for a lot of our clients, 
they may purchase a new piece of real estate or open up a new investment account a couple of years after creating the trust, we want to make sure that those assets actually get in the trust. And so we want to make sure that, you know, yes, you put your estate planning on cruise control, but don't disregard it completely. Yeah, important to do that. And you've got to make sure that you're getting those kinds of things reviewed. I assume that if somebody's working with you, Carrie, this is something you're kind of as part of this cruise control method, you're helping also make sure that those reviews happen on a, a timely basis and that sort of thing. Right. Well, we're one of the few law firms that's implemented a VIP client care program. And it's included free of charge for the first year. And then the members pay a small annual fee. But for that small fee, then they're going to have, you know, VIP access to me to make sure we answer all of their questions. We do a free annual meeting if they, you know, did buy a piece of real estate, say a new vacation home or open up a new investment account, they can call us. We're going to tell them, you know, here's how we move it into the trust. We want to make sure that everything stays up to date. And by doing that, we really have that peace of mind of knowing that our plans are going to work when the time comes versus, you know, a law firm where you just go and it's a one-time transaction. You shake hands, you take your binder home, you put it on a shelf and it collects dust for the next 20 or 30 years and you never hear from the law firm again, get information about doing, you know, a free review meeting with the attorney. And that's really important to us. We want to make sure that these plans that we're implementing are going to take care of the family. Any other comparisons before we wrap up the uh, conversation here, Carrie, between the retirement planning and estate planning world and the, and the checklist for our uh, summer vacation trip? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think we really hit the nail on the head on, you know, what we've covered already. Well, lots of fun learning about those kinds of things, certainly. And uh, let me tell you the way to get in touch with Carrie. If you've got questions about something you hear on today's podcast or any other podcasts that you might listen to, if you go back in the library and listen to an old one, we certainly invite you to do that to learn about other great topics and information. If you want to learn more about that VIP client care program as well, or a great resource is to pick up the Family Wealth Protection Toolkit that Carrie and the team have put together at Qureshi Law Firm, making sure that you integrate that financial, legal, and life planning all together. Carrie, the toolkit you've put together does a great job of kind of showing people some of those initial steps that they can take. What sort of resources have you packed in there? Well, I'm really excited about this because in the Wealth Protection Toolkit, they're actually getting not one, but two of my books that I've written. The first one is actually called The Dirty Dozen, 12 Costly Mistakes Families Make in Their Estate Plans. And so we walk you through a lot of the common mistakes that we're seeing in traditional estate planning and why traditional estate planning is failing a lot of American families. And so we talk about that and what you can do about it. And the other book, is called Smart Simple Investing, an attorney's view on personal finance. And so that's really just a fun, practical guide to help people create a successful retirement um, to really live their American dream. And so we include those two books. There's a couple of other books as well um, and some other handouts. And then we also have a audio CD on tax-free retirement. And so it's really jam-packed full of a lot of great information. And so anyone that is just thinking about um, reaching out to our firm or wanting to learn more, this is a great place to start. If you want to get that Family Wealth Protection Toolkit, it's very easy. You can check the description of today's show for a link that should take you to where you can get the toolkit or just go to the website, QureshiLaw.com. That's QureshiLaw.com. Or you can call 
Carrie and the team at 870-275-4304. That's 870-275-4304. And just make a request for the Family Wealth Protection Toolkit. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better on today's podcast here on Smart Simple Wealth. Each time around, we like to ask Carrie just a fun little question to get to know her personality a little more. And Carrie, fun one for you this week. What's a movie you can watch multiple times but still enjoy it every single time you see it? Hmm. What movie I can watch multiple times? Okay, so I am a huge Will Ferrell fan. And so it would honestly be a tie between Talladega Nights and Step Brothers because (laughs) (laughs) those are movies you can see all the time. And I think every time I watch it, I catch something that I didn't notice before. And so just really funny, happy movies. You know, when my husband and I maybe were doing things that didn't quite work out as planned, we'll look at each other. I mean, there's a scene in Step Brothers where they build the bunk beds and the bunk beds collapse and they come in and say, why did you let me do that? That was a terrible idea. (laughs) And so we often end up quoting that when we think we have a great idea and it just doesn't go as planned. (laughs) That's too funny. You know, Talladega Nights, I just, I didn't enjoy it for some reason. I would just have to disagree with you on that one. Um, okay. I don't know why. I just it was almost just maybe maybe I, and I love Will Ferrell, but it was just it was too goofy. I think maybe which I guess that is kind of hard to say for Will Ferrell, but there was something about that one I just uh, I didn't enjoy. I haven't seen Step Brothers, so I can't comment on that one. But to me, Anchorman, if we're going with a Will Ferrell movie, would certainly be on that list of one you can watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's a good one too. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. So he's been in so many good films, Wedding Crashers as well. You know, a little bit more uh, on the R-rated spectrum, I suppose, but a very fun movie that you can watch kind of over and over each time that one's on as well. Well, very cool. And there you have it, Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, what Carrie would watch over and over again, or or does watch over and over again, it sounds like. Well, not so much anymore because we have a six-year-old son, so I don't get control of the TV. A lot of times we're <laughs> watching Teen Titans, Looney Tunes, things oh, of that. Goodness. So I'm really up to speed now on my cartoons. There you go. Well, in a couple of years when you know he's getting into that Will Ferrell age range of watching those movies, you'll be able to you know kind of unearth Talladega Nights again. Yeah, maybe. He'd have to be <laughs> quite a bit older. <laughs> yeah, probably. A, a few years away. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Too funny. Well, uh, much more coming up on today's show. In fact, next, we're going to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So our mailbag question this week, which, by the way, if you want to submit a question to the show, you can do that on QureshiLaw.com. This one comes to us from Michelle in Jonesboro, and it's a fun one. I think you're going to have fun with this, Carrie. Michelle says, I'm in love, and I've been proposed to, but I haven't said yes yet. This would be a second marriage for both of us. Everything is great except for one issue. My potential husband has over $100,000 in debt. It's a mix of different things like a car loan, credit cards, school debt from a child in the previous marriage, etc. Is it unwise to marry under these circumstances, and how do you advise clients in a similar situation? Mm, 
Well, that, that's a great question. First of all, congratulations on the proposal. That's super exciting. And so I think what I would do, I would typically start off by advising that the husband or future husband's debt would be considered separate property, right? It would not, just by getting married, it would not become your debt. But the bigger problem would be that it's very likely that your husband's income and maybe even a portion of your income would go towards paying that off instead of towards, you know, the household or some of your joint expenses. And so just as a really good rule of thumb, if you do decide that you do want to get married, get a prenup. Make sure that everything is very clear that, you know, that is not your debt. You're not assuming responsibility for that. But in addition to that, the two of you really may want to consider debt counseling, especially before the marriage, and talk through some of these issues because maybe you do want to go ahead and get married or maybe it would be better to wait and get a game plan in place for the husband to pay off this debt because I don't think that that's something it's definitely not going to help the marriage, right? Because when you talk about um, a lot of couples, the biggest reason they're getting divorced is financial reasons. And so you want to start off on the right foot. And so I think between getting the prenup and debt counseling, kind of having that plan laid out, I think that that's, you know, really the best steps that you could take. Yeah, I was going to say money and communication, two of the biggest problems in many marriages. This is a great opportunity to get on the same page in terms of both of those situations. So start the the potential marriage off right by communicating really carefully about what the plan is for that money. Do what you want with your life, but gosh, I would I would have to, the only way I'd enter into a, that kind of situation would be is if there's a plan to deal with that debt. You need, doesn't mean that they have to be debt free to get married, but there better be a plan for how it's going to be handled and addressed through your life. So Make right. Sure and I would think I would want to understand a little bit more about how did he get that debt? Is that something that was acquired during the previous marriage and maybe the wife was a big spender and he went along with it? Or is that his financial spending habits? And is that going to be a problem and continue on through your marriage? Because those are two completely different things. Yeah, that's a really good point. Is the most of that the school debt or is it a lot of credit cards? Because those would tell you two different things about a person potentially. Okay, I got a little credit card. Okay, maybe overbought on a car a little bit here and there. But for the most part, I just, you know, I wanted my son to go to college and I took on a lot of debt. That may tell you one thing versus, you know, oh, I've got $80,000 and, you know, I like nice shoes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And that, that's, that's how I've piled that up. So that's a really good point. Just get on the same page. Certainly good advice there, Carrie, for Michelle. Great question. And I hope all works out for you. If you've got any questions like that for Carrie, if you want to talk about a financial situation that you're in or want to discuss estate planning issues, Carrie is here for it all. Remember, this show helps establish and uh, integrate, you know, and show you the magic of doing so, your financial, legal, and life planning. And so we'll take any and all questions in that realm. If you've got anything on your mind, get in touch online at QureshiLaw.com. That's QureshiLaw.com. Or you can give a call, 870-275-4304 to reach Carrie. That's 870-275-4304. Carrie, thanks for all the help on the show today. That was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll look forward to another good talk next time around. Yep, Walter, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon on Smart Simple Wealth. Take care.
know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.